Welcome to the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast, where we believe that healthy cash flow is critical for your IT business, automation is paramount, and building trust with your clients by looking professional will help grow your business. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, and today we're going to venture into a new territory. You'll learn about some profound struggles related to owning and growing an IT business from the perspective of a peer group, and how Dennis O'Connell, Vice President of Taylor Business Group, helps their members overcome those challenges. I don't think my business is ready for a peer group. Well, it's actually the peer group helps your business get ready, right? It's not, you don't have to get your business ready for the peer group, just come as you are. Here's the podcast with Dennis. Well, Dennis, thanks for joining us on the call and on the interview and on the podcast today. Appreciate you taking the time out to chat with us over here at Connect Booster. Oh, you're quite welcome. I, I'm a good talker, so I love doing this type of stuff. You're going to keep me busy. Well, it's inherent, right? If you uh, have sales in your genes, even if it's part of them, um, you, you know, you have to be able to carry on a conversation. Absolutely. So Dennis, um, and to give everyone listening here today, just a little bit of background. Dennis is with the Taylor Business Group, and we're going to be doing a series um, with uh, with peer groups inside of the channel and inside of the community. And so to kick things off, I'd love to have you tell us a little bit about your community and also where our listeners can find you online, whether that's web or social media. So you can find us online at www.taylorbusinessgroup.com. Um, and then we also are on LinkedIn. Awesome. Uh, a little bit about our peer groups. Um, we started in 2001 um, and have been running peer groups since then. We run peer groups for owners, for service managers, and for COOs. Um, we, we find that there's a need for all of those. You know, our, our peer groups are typically made up of 10 to 12 um, businesses who are not competitors, so there's no geographic overlap for, for them. Sure. Uh, we found that that's important because if we're going to share um, financials and share what's going good and bad, we don't want to be doing that with the person down the street. Um, our peer groups typically meet two or three times a year. They move around the United States and typically meet near one of our members. So a member is a host most times. Sure. In between the peer group meetings, um, we have a conference call in the other months. Uh, we find that that's important for accountability and uh, for ensuring that the, the goals that are set, you know, we use SMART goals. Um, I don't know, SMART being strategic, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. Okay. Uh, and so the, we, we want to have the accountability of, hey, you're going to set your SMART goals every quarter. How are you doing? Do you have any challenges? And so that's what the calls are typically about. Um, a peer group meeting is, is typically a day and a half or two days. Um, we start off, we have a heavy focus on financials. Oh, yeah. um, and so the, the morning of the first day is typically a review of the financials. Um, we have a proprietary financial reporting and modeling tool called Roadmap to Profitability, which we've been using for over 10 years. Um, it is part of the peer groups. 
that's also a standalone um, tool that you can you can use uh, with us. So, um, but what it does is it allows the um, import of the uh, P&L and the balance sheet on a monthly basis into the tool, and then um, when when the when you go to the peer group, we create charts for a little bit over 30 uh, key performance indicators. Sure. Uh, stuff like net operating income, service profitability, service agreement profitability, those types of things. And in that chart, uh, we compare them to each other, um, the, the people in the peer group, but we also have two sets of benchmarks. Um, so the first set of benchmarks is an average benchmark that we have um, coming across, you know, for all of our members. And then the second one um, is what we call the profit masters. And that's the top quartile. Okay. So as an example of the differences between those, um, you know, net operating income or profitability uh, for, you know, for our base, our target is 10.67%. Uh, for our profit masters, it's just a little bit over 21%. Okay. So the objective is, hey, let, let's meet the, the regular uh, benchmarks. And then when you start exceeding them, we have another set that you can target against and then consider yourself one of the best. So that's that's really interesting, that, that two-tier piece. And I'm interested... You know, let's say let's say a prospective member is looking at you guys. You're having some early conversations. There must be two different situations in my mind, a few different situations, I guess, as they're engaging with you guys and you're you're talking through this process. So, I mean, are are a lot of these guys when they first talk to you are they new in business or are they looking to improve, you know, operations, sales, or have they hit a wall? And then you're taking them through, okay, let's get you to healthy, and then let's take you to rocket fuel after that. I mean, what's the what's the typical initial conversation with these guys when they start engaging with you? The typical initial conversation is that they've been in business for five or ten years. <clears throat> they have gone to shows like DattoCon or Continuum Navigator, IT Nation, or ASCII, or whatever it was, and, and they talk with people and they have some really good conversations over dinner or, or adult beverages. And then they realize that, hey, you know, it doesn't get to the depth that they want. Mm -hmm. um, they'll also run into one of our members and the member will say something about, hey, you know, I've been doing this for a while and it really changed my life. Um, and so we'll start to have those conversations. Um, and it's typically when they've hit some type of ceiling right? They um, have been at the same sales volume for two years and they can't figure out how to grow sales or they're struggling with hiring a salesperson or they don't, um, you know, they're struggling with their management team. So it, it can be a bunch of different uh, ceilings that they're heat, hitting. But but the, the advantage of coming into the peer group is that uh, they get to share with people who are typically their size who have been through that. And what I, what I tell people when I'm talking to them is that you do things well and you struggle with other things. And the things that you struggle with, there's at least one other person in your peer group that's doing it well. 
And then on the flip side, the things that you're doing well, there's at least one other person in the peer group who's struggling with that, and you can be a support to them. And you know, I always use the adage that a rising tide will lift all ships. And so the purpose of the peer groups is, you know, we're all going to help each other and we're all going to get better. So that's the initial conversation that I have. I would tell you that the biggest challenge I have is not that they go to a, you know, a different peer group. It's that they choose to do nothing, right? Sure. That's my biggest competitor uh, is, is nothing. They've, they'll feel like they don't have enough time and, and really it's counterintuitive. A peer group, you, you invest, you know, some time into it, but it really does save you time because a lot of things that you would need to do on your own, you can ask your group for. Um, you know, a, a, a second one is, I don't think my business is ready for a peer group. Well, it's actually the peer group helps your business get ready, right? It's not, you don't have to get your business ready for the peer group. Just come as you are. Right. And we will help you get better. Um, then the third one, and it's it's very uncommon, but there's still a few people that the cost, and we're not that expensive. None of the peer groups that I'm aware of are that expensive. Um, you know, our what we tell people is that you know, we will help increase your bottom line over the first two years by four percentage points. And, you know, historically we've done that. It doesn't seem like much, but you know, if you're a million dollar business, that's forty thousand dollars to the bottom line. Right. And that's a ten time ROI for us. Right. So that's not one of our problems. So it's, um, I mean, the value proposition I think is very, very clearly defined. I mean, the rising tide helps all ships rise. I think that just really encompasses, um, you know, two heads are better than one, ten, 10 heads are better than one. Yep. Don't walk through the swamp if you don't have to, you know, yep. uh, type of a scenario. Um, so when a new member comes into a group, what can they expect? What does that first 90 days look like for them? For, for us, it's a few things. Um, the, the very first thing we get them doing is uploading their financials into the Roadmap to Profitability. So what we do is we have a person on staff. We work with them to map their chart of accounts into our standardized chart of accounts. And then we upload their first month's P&L and balance sheet. And we make sure that everything balances between what we uploaded and what they provided us. Then we work with them to to upload the rest of their financials. Um, you know, our tool will provide 24-month trending. And so if they want to go back and load up 24 months worth of data, they can get instant trending. Uh, we really do encourage people, you know, if somebody were to start today, I would encourage them to go back and load their financials from the beginning of 2017, so 18 months worth. Sure. Um, it gives them great historical perspective on where they're going. Um, next thing we do is I typically do um, a one-on-one -on -one onboarding call. It's about three hours where we go through, you know, what our culture is, what the, what they can expect. Um, I actually do a demo of the roadmap to profitability so they can see what it is and, and get an idea of what, what they need to do. Um, we'll talk about our chart of accounts. Um, We'll talk about uh, what a, 
a meeting looks like um, so that they're prepared and they know what they should be expecting. We talk about one of the persons, uh, one of the facilitators that I knew, he always said that if you came to a peer group meeting and you left without having at least one uncomfortable moment, <laughs> it wasn't a very successful peer group meeting. <laughs> Right. I think it's <laughs> like going to the gym and if you don't sweat, you didn't get any value. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, but that uncomfortable moment doesn't have to be on you. It, it could be where somebody asks you a hard question, right? It can also be where you ask somebody else the hard question. Sure. You know, every, everybody's dancing around, you know, they're talking, but they no nobody's willing to, to ask me, hey, Dennis, how come you don't? are you paying yourself? And it's like, well, no, I haven't paid myself in three months. Well, that was the hard question. That was the awkward moment because once we get to that point, now the the dam is broken and now I'm going to be very open. And, and you know, uh, and that's kind of a watershed moment for a lot of our members when they have something like that. And the group will, the group dynamics will change because, you know, everybody's, Everybody's now wearing their heart on their sleeve as a try, as opposed to trying to keep it hidden behind right. their cloak. We can start so, fixing. Then, yeah, and and then you know the other part of getting onboarded is you know introdu- introduction to the facilitator, you know getting them scheduled for their first meeting and for their first call. So when you guys you bring the numbers in, you run them through your tool, you get a picture of the business, um, you start to set goals. Are you guys finding that? You know, is the approach usually cost-cutting, operational efficiency, increasing in sales? What are some of the primary? What are some of the primary objectives that you guys are driving to then work on the business to start hitting those standardized KPIs? Well, within managed service providers, the place that you're making your profitability is on the service side of the organization. So. Um, what we have found, you know, from, you know, the numbers that people put in, most people lose money on products, right? If you're selling something at a 17% markup, you're still losing money because there's administrative overhead and sales overhead. And when you add that all in, you're, you you lose money on every dollar you sell. It's very so interesting. So you have to be, yeah, so you have to be very focused on the services side. And so what we find is that a lot of the numbers will point to areas on the services side where they're not being as efficient or profitable as they could be. Most business owners will spend the first year internally focused looking at uh, how to become more operationally efficient, how to drive those numbers up. And then year two, they start looking at, okay, now that I understand the numbers, I understand what they mean to my business, I understand how to manipulate them so that I'm driving the right solution for my business. Year two, they start looking at, okay, now how do I come, how do I, how do I become better? How do I grow? How do I um, drive growth and get to where I want to be? So it's really like the first year is more understanding and inward focus, and then we start moving outward a little bit. How about um, member, what member success stories? Is there anything that, that can be shared? 
Um, so I, I can share some some members success stories. You know, I uh, we had had one member who fairly new to Taylor and was struggling with um, how to uh, acquire somebody. So in other words, he had two of his competitors come up to him almost simultaneously and say, "I'm ready to get out of the business." can I give you my customers because I know you will treat them well and and so having no experience around doing that um, you know he was able to reach out to his group and say hey this this is what's happening what you know what should I do should I um, you know as an asset sale or do I just take on the the clients how do I pay the guy you know, the one guy wants to come work with me, work for me for a while. He's tired of running the business, but he's a really good engineer. He just doesn't want to. So w- what's your experience? And so there are people who were able to share that experience with him. You know, coming through that, uh, you know, he had his own things that worked well and didn't work well. And kind of funny, uh, about two months ago, uh, one of the people in his peer group who was even newer than him and hadn't been part of the original, um, his original discussion, asked the same question, and now he's an expert. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, there's there's that. Um, you know, we had uh, one member came into a peer group meeting and goes, three weeks ago, I laid off one of my engineers. Uh, a little backstory on the engineer. He worked for me for about eight months. We always struggled with him. He goes, and so when we let him go, you know, we typically take an engineer's laptop and we just wipe it clean and start again. Um, give it to the next engineer that comes along. He goes, this one we did a little bit of diagnostics on it. And what we found was he had clients, some of our clients' information, their clients' information. So on his machine and it was personal you know personal information and he goes you know that was very difficult yeah you know his his first call was to you know his lawyer then the police then his uh insurance person and you know it was just an has been an ongoing battle had been an ongoing battle from the time it happened for the three weeks until he got to his peer group meeting um and so the peer group was two things. One, you know, shell-shocked that this happened and really wanted to understand and learn what was going on. So he, they, they changed the whole agenda of their meeting, right, so that he could spend, you know, almost an hour or two unloading on other people, right? This is what I've done. And, and for him, it was a way to, to get a burden off his shoulder that he couldn't share with other people. Right. But he knew these people were, you know, he'd been in this peer group for four or five years. So these were his friends. These were his his compatriots. They've been through a lot together. And he knew that he could trust them with his story. Um, And then, you know, they provided advice back. But then, you know, they became a a place for him as he left a peer group meeting. They all said, hey, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, we're here. It's powerful. Um, Yeah. So you know, there's you know, there's all kinds of stories like that. But you know, those are really two areas that uh, you know, kind of further out than most people would think a peer group would help you with. Right. right. But here they were. What I'm picking up on is the numbers are important, 
and there's lots of metrics to be judged by and will help you define success through those KPIs. But running a business is also hard. It's also an emotional thing, right? It's also yeah. lonely at the top and it's providing a place for people to work through those things that inevitably, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're going to run into. How else do you deal with it? Because not a lot of people are going to understand. Not many people will understand what you're dealing with. Well, even if you are in a local peer group where, you know, there's one IT person and one banker and one lawyer, right. and you, you, they get some of it, but they don't understand truly what you're going through. Uh, sometimes, you know, I always jokingly said that, you know, you could have a really good conversation with a banker, but as soon as you start talking about RMM this and backup and all that kind of good stuff, you needed to hold on to his shoulders because his eyes start to roll in the back of his head and he's going <laughs> to fall over and hurt himself if he's right. not careful. <laughs> but, but you know, the same is, is true for him. So from the banker starts talking to you about derivatives and interest rates and, and, and all that kind of stuff, you don't have that same depth of knowledge. And so the peer group there is to provide that depth of knowledge in the things that are unique to the managed services business. So I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit. You talked a little bit about um, merger and acquisition. It's something that's come up in a lot of our podcast episodes. If an MSP's goal is to have his or her company be acquired, you know, down the line, whether that's six months, a year, you know, five years down the road, what are the metrics that they should focus on to improve their valuation and also, you know, influence those prospective buyer's decisions? So the metrics that most people look at are um, top line revenue, um, net operating income uh, or EBITDA, you know, earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, and amortization. Um, then, you know, size matters. So a $2 million MSP will have a lower multiple than a $20 million MSP. Clean books. Uh, that's one of the nice things about um, you know our roadmap to profitability tool is it allows you to understand and have clean books. Sure. Um, so that when somebody comes in to acquire you and you can present uh, your your books clean, they have a different view of you when they when somebody comes in and looks at it and says, "Well, what are you doing?" And you go, "Oh yeah, I just use I just use an napkin, right?" It's like going on an interview, right? If I come in in blue, you know, torn blue jeans and tennis shoes versus I come in with a suit and tie, you will have a different perspective of me just based on, on the, the first visual. And the financials are the first visual that people really get to see. You know, how you allocate money is important. So we talk about above the line. So like as the owner, you get a salary, but you also get a an earnout, right? If you're a, an S corp, everything goes to you at the end of the year. So, but where are you allocating that? So you need to understand what should be above the line and what should be below the line, so that when you go to sell it, there's not a lot of uh, a write downs, right? So, if I'm paying myself two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and my real salary should be one hundred twenty-five, they're going to take you, you get hit on the one hundred twenty-five. So it's it's about making sure that you have a good understanding of where you're going. So, you know, I'm not a merger and acquisition specialist, but those are the things that 
you know, are really relevant is top line revenue, profitability, uh, monthly recurring revenue, and then a another one is, are you the sales engine? So as the business owner, if you're the sales engine and you want out, then the sales goes away. So it's important to have an independent sales organization that can stay around and continue to drive the growth that, that, you, that you are showing. That's a really good point, and I don't know if that's something that's thought about a lot. Because you know, I find um, in our line of work that a lot of a lot of MSPs do struggle in that sales engine area. You know, where a lot of the business comes in through referrals and through relationship sales, but there's not a separate sales engine that is turned on. Whether that business owner is there or not, it's still operating. So it's really unique that that you bring that up, and also something that MSPs and IT service providers need to be thinking about to make all of those years of work culminate to the best exit possible. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we all have to realize is we were all at, we will all exit our business. Right. None of us are going to live to be a million years old. Right. So there is a time when we all exit. You know, one of the things that, that, that I preach is that you should run your business as if you're going to sell it tomorrow. Um, and if you do that and you, you run your, your organization properly and you do your financials properly and you create that sales engine, no matter when the time is right, you will be able to exit. Are you finding challenges inside of the peer group with that, uh, with that mindset? Because it's some of it can just be so counter to what, at least from my perspective, and and you know I have a pretty narrow scope as well. But is that is that a big hurdle inside of those peer group meetings? It, it that doesn't get discussed much, but there's a lot of people that I talk to that I say, hey, you know, I, I'll run in, you know, I'll run into our members at, at different um, events, and you know we'll get to talking about that, and they go, well, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not ready to sell. I'm looking to run my business for another 20 years. Yeah. Well, that's great, but you know what happens if you have a stroke? Right. Life circumstances right. change. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty personal one with your crew. Yeah, that is. And so you just never know, right? So you you need to run your business like you need to sell it tomorrow. And you know if you want to stay in it for 20 years, that's awesome, right? But if you're running it like you're ready to sell it. You will make certain. You will make different decisions along the way, that will keep your business more profitable. Because there are lots of places, you know, over the course of 10 or 15, 20 years, where there's decisions that come up that you can go, you know, down the A path, the B path, or the C path. But you know, if you're looking to say, hey, I'm I'm going to run my business like I'm going to sell it tomorrow, one of those is is more is the better path and so you will make decision you will make you could make different decisions along the way if you're living with that motto well i think that uh boy that was gold there that's some great advice dennis thanks in wrapping up it's hard to top that I don't even want to ask you any other questions. I don't want to. I don't want to screw that up. I don't. There's no better direction I can take this at this point, man. <laughs> I'm like, we need to stop because that was really good. <laughs> is uh, is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with today? 
So I'll leave them with one thing. Um, join a peer group. And, and I don't care whether it's mine or whether it's uh, the others that will be part of this podcast, but, but join a peer group. Um, the best, if you go to a conference and you look around and go, man, I'd like to be like this guy or I'd like to be like that guy, you will find that 90% of those guys are in peer groups. And so I don't care. I would love to have you in, in, in Taylor Business Group. I think we, we will treat you well and you will do well. But if it's not Taylor Business Group, you need to be in a peer group. Dennis, that was that was awesome. Just chock full of value. So, well, thanks. You know, again, I want to thank you, Dennis, and and Taylor Business Group as an entity for for joining us today and and spending the time. And that's I love doing this because I just pick up so much stuff myself. I don't know <laughs> if it's adding value to the community. I'm selfish where I feel like, man, I'm getting all the value out of doing this. <laughs> oh, that was awesome, though. Yeah, that was that was really good. Well, Ryan, I'm glad I could be here for you. Uh, I enjoy doing this. So anytime you want somebody to talk, just let me know. Thanks again for joining us today on the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast, where we believe that healthy cash flow is critical for your IT business. Automation is paramount and building trust with your clients by looking professional will help you grow your business. A special thanks again to Dennis O'Connell from Taylor Business Group. Taylor Business Group can be found online at www.taylorbusinessgroup.com and also on LinkedIn. And to download the full podcast or listen to some of our previous episodes online, check us out at connectbooster.com podcast. Thanks again for joining us today on the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast. We'll talk to you soon.